Amen. All right. Good morning, church. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Um, Did you miss me last week? Give Mike, brother Mike, a hand for preaching for me last week, will you? I hear he did a great, great job. Amen. We have some visitors on the front row this morning. Normally, I wouldn't point visitors out like this, but you know, it's just the way I am. These two up here are two of our biggest supporters for this church. So you two stand up, Kathy and Donna. They have supported us from the beginning. Give them a good hand, all right? Yes, amen, amen. Our blessing, she said, amen. Yeah, from the very beginning, uh, um, they jumped on board and been supporting us ever since. So we praise the Lord for the, for the contributions that they have given uh, to us. Did you just lose me? Oh, it's the band. They did something. You guys can still hear me. I don't need a mic, right? But uh, so we praise the Lord for them and several others. That's where I was last week. We had a church in Branson that supports us. I was down there preaching. A couple of weeks I'll be in Nebraska preaching. But uh, just praise the Lord for all the churches that decided to come together and support us and get this church off the ground. Amen. So we thank the Lord for that. Um, did you get it? Sounds like it. All right. Now we're just missing one screen. But uh, yeah, praise the Lord for Mikey steps in. In a couple of weeks, we've got another speaker, Shane. He's going to be preaching up here in a couple of weeks. We praise the Lord for the people that God has given us. Uh, Kathy Bennington, raise your hand, Kathy. She uh, just tell a little story. She came to church. Um, actually, she did not come to church. Her youngest daughter came to church and was excited about our youth group and everything. And so um, uh, she dr- drug her family to church. Is that basically right? And uh, Kathy was going to a Methodist church just right across the way. And uh, they all came. And her husband wasn't saved. And he sat there. I'm serious. He, he was a Vietnam vet. And he just sat there. Had a big, long, gray beard, right? In the back row. In the back row. And he had this, this biker jacket. He was a biker. Vest. Yeah. And he just, you know, just kind of looking at me. You know, Vietnam vet. And it scared me to death, you know. But after about six weeks, he finally pulled me aside. He says, you know, I, I don't know about the salvation thing. So we went in the other room. And sure enough, he got saved. And not just got saved. He got on fire. One of the greatest soul winners that I've ever led to the Lord was her husband. Pardon? Jim talked to you? Amen. Amen. So you're saved because of Jim or he brought you to church? Amen. Amen. So he's with the Lord now and he's in heaven, but God still is using all that he did for the Lord. So praise the Lord. Open your Bibles if you will. Uh, But appreciate you two being with us this morning. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Kind of have a long sermon this morning and uh, but i'm excited because it's really about worshiping the lord <clears throat> acts chapter 16 we're going to jump right into this in verse 16 and we're going to read down through verse 30 together all right <clears throat> now remember the story uh, uh on this second missionary journey trip uh paul Paul went uh, several places, but the Lord said no. Finally, he got the Macedonian call. So he went to uh, Europe, and in Europe, he, he went to Philippi, okay? And so that's where he's at. He led Lydia to the Lord. Lydia got saved, and now he's, he's 
going around preaching the gospel, and there's this this, uh, demon-possessed girl that follows him. And that's where we're going to pick up. Verse 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had the spirit who enabled her to tell the the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting. Can you imagine this? Shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God and they are come to tell us how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul was so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, didn't say to her, but he said to the demon, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered. And so they grabbed Paul and Silas and drugged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the officials. They are teaching customs that are not legal or that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them, ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. And they were severely beaten. And they were torn. Uh, then they threw them in, into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stock. So you can, you can just see the picture, right? Now at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I'm not sure that I would do that. Amen. <laughs> not sure. I'm hoping. That's what this message is all about. I'm hoping that we all get there. Okay, so at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other, pri- the other prisoners were fast asleep. No, they were what? Listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open. The chains on every prisoner fell off. Not just Paul and Silas, every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke to see the prison doors wide open. He summoned the prisoners, or he assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop, don't kill yourself, for we are all here. Interesting. The jailer called for a light and he ran into the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And then, of course, he got saved. His family got saved and they all got baptized. It goes on to tell us in the rest of that chapter. It's amazing. It's one thing to worship God. It's another thing to worship God when it's bleak, when it's dark, when it's bloody, because these guys have just been beaten with rods. I mean, how, how does that actually happen? But not just, not just worshiping God. In verse 25, where it says they were praying and singing, that word singing there literally means celebrating. Now, 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 so picture, they're in prison. They've just been beaten. They're, they're in the, the inner dungeon with, with shackles on their feet. And they're in the inner prison and they're 
celebrating. They're celebrating. Now, if we get a hangnail, amen, come on. We get a hangnail, a lot of times that keeps us from praising and worshiping God. Can I hear an amen? I mean, this is just the smallest things, and yet here they're celebrating in the darkest prison. I mean, that just blows us away. Now, don't get me wrong, because God is certainly worthy of our praise. But that just doesn't naturally happen when we're persecuted or we go through hard times, right? Come on. Just the opposite takes place, right? We go through a hard time. The last thing that comes out of our mouth is praising and worshiping God. You ever stubbed your toe? You're outside, you're, you're walking around barefooted, and you hit the downspout? Do you lift up your hands and say, praise you, Jesus? I mean, that's not what we do. We do just the opposite. Look at this quote by Oswald, Oswald Chambers in his uh, uh, book, My Utmost for His Highest. You probably have read that before, but look at these quotes. I got three of them here. It's not the crisis that builds something within us it simply reveals what we are made of already in other words this is just a doesn't naturally come when the trials come if we praise and worship it just reveals what we are listen to this if we hope to worship the lord when we are suffering we must train ourselves to do it in the everyday living in our everyday lives we we have to we have to practice praising God. It needs to be a discipline. Now, now I love this next quote. Chambers goes on. He says, a private relationship of worshiping God is the greatest essential element of fitness, spiritual fitness. In other words, if we want to be spiritually fit, what do we always say? Read the Bible, right? And pray. But we usually don't say, okay, a part of this spiritual exercise is worshiping God. I think we, we kind of, you know, we've kind of left that to the side. Can I hear an amen? When it comes to worship, we didn't, we didn't realize that, 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 you know, worshiping is a part of, of the spiritual exercise we do to become strong and spiritually fit. How many here want to be spiritually fit? We all do. So, That in the good times, we can lift our hands and praise the Lord, but also in the hard times, our hearts can be full of joy because that's what we see here. His heart was ready to explode. Paul inside his heart was ready to explode. And they just worshiped God in the hardest time of life. It was because of their focus. And that's our second point, and we'll get to that. But the first point is simply this. In order for us to be spiritually fit... We have to practice worshiping God in our private life, not just on Sunday morning. Now, there's a few of you that lift your hand here on Sunday morning and and you worship God. And we're going to see from Scripture that the word worshiping, no, thanksgiving, in Psalms 100, in a few minutes we're going to see that. It literally means extension of the hand to the Lord. Okay, and we're going to practice that. How many want to practice that? Yeah, we're going to practice that. So so those of you, how many are here shy? So what we're going to do is we're going to turn the lights down low. That's what we, that's that's what we do anyway. We turn it down, but we're really going to turn it down low so that you can have the freedom 
to worship the Lord in just a couple of minutes, okay? Now, you say, well, Paul's just a strange bird. That's what we think. Well, he's just different than the rest of us. He's, he's somebody out of our league. But how many of you ever read Fox Book of Martyrs? How many of you ever read that book? It, it talks about all those that have died for the cause of Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story about a man named Dr. Roland Taylor of Hadley. Okay? We're, we're talking back in the dark ages. Okay? This, this man... He was a, a preacher, of course, and the queen, uh, you know, put out a decree. Nobody preaches. Nobody talked about the resurrection. Nobody talked about Jesus, period. And if they did, they were forced to recant. Well, Rollin wouldn't do that. Okay, he wouldn't do it. So, so they literally sentenced him to death. So they, the executioners were coming around and getting him ready for, to take him to his place. And this is how they described him. Chapter 16 of this book. Um, I don't think it's chapter 16, but in that book, I was reading it last week, it, it described, his executioner, executioners described him as a man headed to a banquet. <laughs> a man that was headed to a party. That's how they described him, his executioners. Now, if you knew tomorrow you were going to die, is that how you would face that? I, I'm just telling There's a little bit of a difference between the Christianity we know in America and the Christianity that's out there. Okay? And so he was, his count's like he's going to a party. So they put the hood on him, they put him on the horse, they bound him, and he headed off. As he was heading to the place that they're going to execute him, the the guards were coming around, they would pull up close to him and whisper, I don't know if they whispered, they said to him, will you forgive us for what we're about to do? And he forgave them, and he was continually praying. They come to a stop, and he heard all these people. Now, I'm just reading out of the Book of Martyrs. Okay? I'm just telling you a story. Come to, and he heard all this noise, and he said, what is this? And one of the guys said, this is the people that have come to watch an execution. So he pulls the hood off of him, jumps off his horse, and he begins to pray, thanking God that people have come to see his home going. And he continues to pray. And as he's praying, the crowd, when they realize who it is, they begin to weep because they know this man. So the guys put him in the fire, or put him in this, this barrel of pitch. I think they said it was in the pitch within. And so they put him in it, and they lit it on fire. And by that time, he's just standing silent. So, But not very long into it, one of the guards couldn't bear him suffering, picked up something, a club or something, and hit him and killed him, and he dropped lame in the fire. The point is, like Paul, Paul didn't know if he was going to live or die. But at midnight, he literally lifted up his hands and he began celebrating his God. The God that he serves. And we're going to get into Psalms chapter nine, Psalms chapter 100 in a few minutes. But first of all, I want to, I want to go to, on the screen, if you put up that, um, that lyrics for me, I want you to notice this. This is a song talking about daily practice of our worship. This is a song that, that recently I've been singing to the Lord during the day. And at the gym, I'll be singing this. And Joy, Joy. How many know Joy, Joy, that song? And so several others. But normally I listen to 70s. How many listen to 70s? 70 music. Okay, there's about four or five of you. But I, I, I go back and forth, 70s and then this, you know, Christian 70s. You know, and, and so I think 70s is godly, right? 
No, I'm kidding. Okay. So, so as you're thinking about talking to the Lord and worshiping, notice what it says. This song says, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say, I'm not enough. How many of you have ever felt that way? How do you feel that way almost every day? These voices keep telling us we're not enough. Every single lie that tells me I never measure up. I'm not enough and I never measure up. I mean, the world is pounding us, but not just pounding us. The demons are pounding us, but our own mind, our own flesh, they continually tell us these lies. And this, the next part is fantastic because then it goes on. Look at the next one. It says, and I more, am I more than just a sums of highs and lows? That describes a Christian life. That describes our life, doesn't it? Up and down. Up and down. Depending on our circumstances. So there's volumes in this. But then also says, God, remind me once again. I mean, this song preaches. All right. Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. Okay. So, so I'm at the gym and the first time I really heard the lyrics, guess what I did? I went behind the Smith machine. Anybody know a Smith machine? And I'm like this. <laughs> I'm serious. I, this was just a few weeks ago. I'm like this. When I really began to realize, and I went behind the Smith machine, I'm sure some people were looking at me, but it doesn't matter, amen? I'm doing this. All right? So let's go on. So then, then all of a sudden, the chorus breaks forth. So now he's shifting. He says, Lord, you don't need to remind me. And then he goes, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. Now, this is the course. You say I am held. I love that because I visualize God holding me or I visualize God holding people who are hurting. When I don't belong, you say I am yours. Is that good? Or am I just crazy? This, this stirs my heart. It goes on. It says... Uh, and you, know, you say this, you say this, and I believe. I'm tired of listening to the world. I'm tired of listening to myself. I'm tired of listening to Satan. I believe what you say. In the time of worshiping, I'm telling you, this is Paul. This is Paul in dungeon. And he's beginning to say, I believe. I believe what you say. Okay, now, what we're going to do, we're a little strange around here, no doubt. We're going to play this video, okay? So I want you to stand. I know it's, it's preaching time, right? But I'm telling you, nothing preaches more. If you love music like I do, nothing preaches more than a message in a song. Right, Greg? Right, Brother Greg? He goes to concerts all the time. He knows what I'm talking about. Okay, let's, go, let's put the video on, and let's turn these lights down a little bit. Do we, does somebody have the controller? It seems a little bright. How's that? Okay, my point is, I want it all dark because I really want you to feel like you're at home. I want you to feel like no one's around. Because nobody wants to lift their hand when everybody's going. Okay, so how many promise they won't look around at everybody? All right, okay. There's a few of you that didn't raise your hand. 
<laughs> Amen. Okay, so start the video. I'm serious. This is powerful. So just praise the Lord. All right? It's just you and God. All right? Let's worship the Lord together. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. That is so powerful. What happens when we begin to praise the Lord, we fix our eyes off of our problems, off of ourselves, and we begin to fix them on the Lord. That's what happens. How fantastic He is and how much He loves us. And so what I want you to do is I want you to turn to Psalms chapter 100. Psalms chapter 100. Now, now, to David and to all the great men in the New Testament, they had the Old Testament available to them. Okay? They had it available. And so Paul had this chapter in his mind, and he knew exactly what it said. And so let's begin to read in verses 1 and 2. It says, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Now, this is a command, verses 1 and 2. The Lord is commanding us to feel something. How is that even possible? He's commanding. He says, it, it, it's like uh, uh, shout with joy, worship with gladness, and sing with joy. I mean, these are emotions. So he's commanding us to feel something. But when you look at verse 1 and 2, you, know, you don't really understand unless you look at the structure. Verse 1 and 2 is built upon verse 3. Okay, verse 3 is the key. And this is what Paul, and this is what this video was all about. It says, acknowledging, notice this, acknowledging that the Lord is God. He made us, we are His, we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. All right, so they're acknowledging a truth. They're discerning a truth. They're understanding. It's like an aha moment. You ever had an aha moment? Oh, duh. That's what David, or the psalmist is talking about. And no doubt that's what, that, that at midnight, Paul and Silas says, duh. They get it. They get the truth. In other words, the structure is verse 3. And the truth of verse 3 produces a feeling and then produces action of, wow. So, you know the truth, you're meditating on the truth, you're believing the truth, and that truth spurs emotion and then action. That's what it's talking about. What we do is we think about all these other things that are out there that keep us from being joyful, being excited. And it gets us complaining and murmuring and all the other things because we're focused on all those other things. What he's saying here is when you get that aha moment, moment that the Lord is God, He is sovereign. He's in control of the universe. Paul's in prison. And all of a sudden, duh, you're still sovereign. I'm in prison. I just was beaten. It's midnight, but you're sovereign. He gets it. And then now he says, now you're sovereign. You made me. Oh, yeah, I am yours. Right there in the middle of prison, I'm yours. And then the fourth truth, he says, you're my shepherd. Now, Now follow this. Paul's in prison, and the light comes on. You lead me 
You're guiding my steps. I'm in prison. I'm exactly in the middle of your will. So I don't know what, if, if I'm going to live or die tomorrow, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know this. You led me to this spot. I'm here in this prison because of you. You've got something going on. He didn't know this jailer was going to get saved. He didn't know the earthquake was going to happen. He didn't know any of that. So what happens? Because he understood that God has his future and his plan, he begins to worship him and focus on him. And this truth literally causes him to shout, literally sing. And so it must have been a decent, decent message in the song because the prisoners were listening at midnight. That's fantastic. I, I I'm guarantee you Paul didn't bring out his guitar. And Silas wasn't playing the drums. They were just singing and praising God. And so the truth produces emotion. So, so as we try to make application to this, what is your prison? What do you find? That, what, is, what is the prison you find yourself in? And you, you say, well, oh, that's, I'm not like Paul. My prison is made because somebody else did this to me. Duh! You think, you think Paul couldn't identify? It wasn't because of him. It was because he healed this woman of her demon possessed and all her masters threw him to the authorities and they threw him. Somebody else put him in the position he's in. He understood that if he knew that God overruled all and brought him to this spot because God is sovereign. It's fantastic. Well, what's your prison? Maybe it's debt. Maybe you have a nagging spouse. I don't know what your prison. Maybe you have a difficult child. Journey, I do pray for you. Amen. It, I, who knows what your prison is? Maybe it's a dead end job. Well, when you begin to listen, when you begin to take your eyes off of those things and fix them on the Lord and, and realize He is sovereign. He created me. I am his. And he directed my path to this point. And then when you begin to praise God and you begin to worship God, there probably is going to be a shattering earthquake. Now listen very carefully. When you begin to focus on God and how wonderful he is and how great he is, the, sh- the shackles are going to come off and the prison doors are going to fly open and you're going to have this miracle that take place that all of a sudden this, this, this depressed spirit, this complaining, murmuring person that you are is going to be gone because you're focusing on God and it's going to change everything. And guess what happened? People around you say, whoa, what a difference. He comes to work smiling now. He's, got the, he's like he's going to a party. Your spouse is going to say, what happened? I just think God is fantastic. Rather than you are so, you're such an idiot. Nobody's never said that around here about their spouse, right? Never. Okay, hear an amen. You're probably, oh, All right. When we're, yeah, not out loud, amen. When we're in the flesh, we say all kinds of things. All right. Right? You're with me, right? Okay. We say stupid things. But when you're focused on God, it's a different situation. That, now listen, that's why 
Chambers said this is a spiritual exercise. It changes your demeanor when you look at God, that he loves me enough that he's going to be with me and he's going to encourage me and he's going to walk me through this. Even though this is a prison, he's here. Notice Paul didn't run out of the prison. He stayed there. This is the will of God. The chains fell off, but he was there. as, As soon as you focus on God, your chains are going to fall off on your attitude and you don't have to run out of a marriage. You can, it's going to have a, you're going to have a different attitude towards your spouse. You're going, to have a di- you're going to have a different attitude toward that rebellious child. We all have those, right? Amen. <clears throat> My children are here, and they're all angels. Amen. Every one of them. But the one that's not here, I can talk about him, right? No. Okay, so, so you get the point. This is fantastic. Get your eyes off. So, so the, here's the second thought, okay? The first thought is we got to practice it in our daily lives. So when the suffering comes, that it doesn't take us down. We can have joy in the midst of suffering, overflowing so much that we lift our hands and we thank God for what he's doing. So it has to begin that way. But the second thing, we have to focus our attention on the truth. All right? Worship is built upon the foundation of truth. Now let's go to verse 4. This stuff is good. How many say amen to that? Verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Again, it's a commandment to have a feeling. That's, have you ever did that to your, your kids? You be happy. (laughs) Anybody ever done that? (laughs) Am I the only one? Yeah. You better put us, you go to your bedroom till you, you, you have a different attitude. You come out smiling. (laughs) I've did that all the time. It's like, it don't work well. You know, it's like you come out, but you can tell it's not real, right? After three hours. All right. So, so God's commanding a feeling here, but again, Again, the structure's everything. Verse two and verse one and two is built on three, and verse four is built on five. He commands all this stuff. Now, before we get into the foundation, notice the word thanksgiving in our text, verse four. It literally means, I kid you not, in the Hebrew, an extension of the hand. We've missed the boat. We've missed this spiritual exercise. When I was growing up, uh, what you do is you say, if the preacher said something good, they'd go, Amen! And the whole church would be, Amen! Because I'm old, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris, you take care of that guy, will you? Amen. Okay. But today what they do is they just, Amen. You know, they, they just, people just lift their hands. Well, but what we have done is more in the evangelical realm, we have been afraid of that. We've kind of been afraid to lift our hand in public, but God commands us. Now, he commands all of these, so it doesn't mean you have to do, you you do one or the other, okay? Don't have to do all of them. That's an extension of the hand. The word praise, here you go, it means to celebrate. Remember the old three-dog night, celebrate celebrate dance to the music how many remember that song praise god i thought maybe one okay 
That's what, you know, we should be dancing to the truth. That's not my note, by the way, but we should be excited dancing in the truth because of God. Lifting our hands, celebrating, and the word thanks here means to confess, to speak out, and then the word praise means to bend the knee in prayer. So those four things, when you really get down to it, it means lifting a hand and celebrating. Those are the two I think we miss. Okay, when we, when we talk about that spiritual discipline, that daily exercise, that we can be strong for the time comes of the suffering and the trials that we all go through. Everyone, none of us, we're not, we're not spared. But see, the great thing is when you focus on God, you can have this joy in your heart. Crockett back there, Jeremiah, okay? He had a motorcycle accident years ago when we was at Tartland. Hit a curb, flew over. Is it okay I tell the story? So I should ask him first, right? Hit a curb, flew over, hit a car, and then kept going. Helmet flew off when he hit the car and hit the concrete. And of course, busted his head all up, his blood everywhere, and broke his femur. Okay, so when I come up on the scene, some, some girl called me. She's not very smart. She says, uh, your son, uh, David's been in an accident. I'm not sure if he's alive. She, she is blonde, by the way, but I mean, you just, and so I get in my truck and, and I fly over to Walmart, you know, there's a gas station right by Walmart. So I fly over there, pull in there and he's on the ground and his leg, he had shorts on, but his femur was bent like this, you know, okay. So of course it's blood all over. And so we go to the hospital, you know, Judy passed me. She's there before I get there. So we're, and of course we're all standing around. Now this is practice. Okay. So I mean, the doctor comes out. We don't know the extension of his, as, of his brain, brain, if there's any brain damage. Right? Well, there was a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, that's all we do. So we all grab hands, our kids and, and Judy and I, and, and we begin to pray. And crocodile tears were just rolling down my face. But we lifted up our heads and we said, God, we don't know what you're doing, but we trust you. We believe. So in the moment of overflowing tears, not knowing if he's going to live or not, there was joy because we knew God was in control. Well, how can you have that, that sorrow and that joy at the same time? That peace that the Bible says passeth all understanding. That was one of the rarest things I've ever experienced. It was fantastic to have this kind of peace that he's going to be fine, even though we didn't know. It was fantastic. I just give that as an illustration. Okay, so, so you need to practice this on a daily basis and memorize these scriptures. Have these truths so that it can literally cause you to lift up the hand in the time of storm. Now notice what it says. It says, lifting up the hand, celebrating because God is up to something big. And then look at verse 5. And it's all built on this. For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Not sometimes. He's good all the time. It just, it just says, the Lord is good. Okay, why? Notice the word for there. Okay, so we extend the hand of worshiping. We celebrate. We confess that He's great. And we bend the knee because the word for means 
because, because the Lord is good. That's the truth. This is what all this is built upon. His unfailing love continues forever. There will never be a time, no matter what I do, no matter what I think, where his love changes or stops. His love, I am the apple of God's eye. I am the focus of his love. That's the truth. And that causes us to just get excited. When my wife, we're coming back from the wedding yesterday, and she reached over, she goes, honey, I love you. You know what that does to me? Gets me excited. That, that, that she, after 40, 40, after 41 years, she still loves me. Did I get that right? Okay. All right. Then it says, unfailing love continues forever. Notice this. His faithfulness continues to each generation. Now, now here's the idea, okay? Paul is praising the Lord because God is in control and God is good. He's praising the Lord because God made him and he is God's and God loves him. He's worshiping the Lord because God is his shepherd and that God is a faithful shepherd. And so the truth is, began to stir Paul after the beating, sometime between the beating and in the inner dungeon, somewhere around midnight, all of a sudden, Paul begins to thank and celebrate for what God's doing. If we would begin to exercise ourselves in the Word and in prayer, and thirdly, and most important, because we're, we're doing pretty good on this, pretty good, but the third is worshiping on a daily basis. Put that music in. When you're by yourself or without the music, just begin to focus on God's goodness, God's love, that he's your shepherd, and you are his. That's your focus. And all of a sudden, the shackles will come off of your complaining, your griping, your murmuring attitude, and your disposition, and the anger, it all fall away because why? You're focusing on how wonderful God is, not your circumstances, not how ornery this person is, or how bad your kids are. You're just focused on, and what that'll do is that'll change everything. It changes everything. Then you can, you can have people come and say, Tim, what must I do to be saved? Because they see something in you. They see this peace that passes all understanding that they don't have. And that's what this jailer, come running in. Things will change. The prison doors will open. The earthquakes will take place. What am I saying? I'm just simply saying the miracles will happen. But we have to choose. Listen very carefully. We have to choose to make this a daily part of our lives, worshiping God. So with heads bowed just for a few minutes, eyes closed, I'm just going to pray for you this morning. Maybe you're here and you feel that you're, you're in prison. Not, not the bars, but there's something in your life that's making you a prisoner. 
Heads bowed, eyes are closed. No one's looking around. You'd say, Brother Tim, I want to be set free. I want you to pray for me that I will begin to practice on a daily basis praising the Lord and make it a part of my life. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. No one looking around. If this is you, if this is you, you want, you want to be set free, just lift up your hand real quick. I'll see it. Yes, keep them up, keep them up. Anybody else? Hands all over. Yes, I see it. You may put them down. Anybody else now? Yes, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? A lot of people raise their hand. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Just real, real quick, real quick. I'll see it, and I'm going to have a word of prayer for you this morning, that God will set you free, that you will begin to celebrate every day. Your heart will be overflowing with love for God. Anybody else, real quick? Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Amen. Let's all stand together. We're going to go to the Lord. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we're just so grateful for your love for us. Lord, it, it, it blows our minds when we begin to think of how much you love us and how you've chased us down to bring us into your family. Like that shepherd that, that goes after that one sheep. Father, we just, we're grateful as we think about our stories and each one of us have these stories that you chased us down, literally chased us down to bring us into your family. God, we, we're just overjoyed that we're your children. Now, Father, you know our situations. You know each person that raised their hand, the prison that they feel that they're in, the situations, the circumstances. You know where they're at. And God, I pray for each one that raised their hand this morning that your Holy Spirit would begin to move, begin to move in their lives to help them to daily practice, daily practice this art of worshiping so that they would become spiritually stronger, spiritually fit. But Father, most of all, that they would begin to meditate upon the truth of who you are. Play songs like this that talk about you and how much you love us and how much you care. There's so many great songs out there that are being written. Some old ones, like it is well with my soul. God, I pray this morning for each one that you would literally cause an earthquake in their lives, a spiritual earthquake that they would be set free. And Father, we be sure to give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Jason's going to come, but just as Jason's coming up, everybody sit down. But but first of all, Chris and Marissa, stand up. There we go. These, they got saved two weeks ago. Amen. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. They got married, which they got saved. All right. Yeah, hold your ring up there. They got married and uh, now they're hitched. And so we want them after Jason's done to come up here, because I really want everybody to just come by and meet him. I'm really excited about this new family. Um, oh, offering plates as well. You guys come on up here and stand with me as the ushers come. Did I preach long? Yeah, I guess I did. Go ahead. All right. It's good. It's good. So.